0: Hello Columbus City School family and welcome back to another edition of Inside CCS. I'm Tyler Carter your multimedia journalist. Today I'm kind of solo on this thing. I know we miss Dr. Dixon sitting in these comfy chairs with us but we have a great group of individuals that are in the house with us today. Can't wait to get on this subject matter. You know those for our listeners that listen to us now and are new listeners that we're getting in. This is Women's History Month. It's an important month that we want to make sure that we highlight because we have some strong women here in Columbus City Schools and also within the Columbus community who have done such great work with our students, especially with our students of color. So I want to go ahead and introduce a voice that some of you all may know. You may remember her from around town. You may remember her as part of our Columbus Council, former council Member, Priscilla Tyson. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. How are you, Tyler? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us. It's good to see you. It's good to be seen. Yes. So Thank you. Yes. Yes. I know yes. we're missing you on council board, but you're still making a huge <laughs> impact here in our community. And also we've brought in some other guests with us as well. Ms. Harper, thank you so much for joining us too. Nicole Harper, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So I know that there has been a huge impact when we look at black girls, girls, SOAR and the Commission on Black Girls here in Columbus. Talk to me about how did this kind of come about? Where did this this great baby that we have now that we've been cultivating <laughs> for a couple of years and getting our girls on board around the city, how do we come up with this?
1: Well, I'll start just with, with the Commission on Black Girls, and I know Nicole wants to really share a lot of information about where it's going, Black Girls SOAR, but the Commission on Black Girls really started through an effort in Columbus City Council Um, I used to chair the Health and Human Services Committee and when you begin, when you chair that committee, you begin to continue to learn about all the different statistics that are going on with our community in regards to human health and human services. And what certainly was quite alarming was that the statistics around Black women—that yeah. we make up, you know, 16.1 percent of the population, but 33 percent of us are in poverty, or that our babies are dying to two to two and a half times more than white babies, that we make 63 cents on the dollar, that we think about maternal mortality, that our um, but our women are dying black women are dying you know it's, three to four times more than white women during mm-hmm. childbirth. So when you begin to understand the statistics that are that are going on with our black women, you have to think about, okay, what can we do to make sure that we're focused on you know, women? And there are certainly fr- many initiatives that are focusing on women. However, if we are going to change the trajectory of a black girl's life, I think that we need to understand the quality of life of a black girl. Yeah. And that's why we started the commission, and it was a 25-member commission cha- by Fran Frazier and Frederick Bertley from CoSide and then there were 23 other amazing leaders that were a part of this commission and uh, the goal was to one, understand what is the quality of life of a black girl Mm -hmm. and for black girls to share that with us and so we found, we we gathered information a number of ways. Some of those ways were we looked at prior research but we also had the opportunity to have a survey that was given to, um, well 400 66 black girls completed that survey and this was focused on girls um, from 11 to 22 years old and then we also heard from black girls through focus groups listening sessions and then individuals that work with our girls where there were um, subject matter experts from many many nonprofit organizations that shared their work with black girls as well as we heard from the parents and caregivers of black girls and um, one of our um, members that certainly Columbus City Schools was definitely represented on the commission, um, she's not a doctor yet, but she's working on her doctorate, but Alicia Gillison Mm -hmm. served on that commission and provided great input for what was happening with girls, especially when Columbus City Schools, and also Miss Daphne Patton had the opportunity to share. Um, at that time, she was a principal of the um, our Columbus Preparatory School for Girls, and so she shared her her thoughts with us. And so, again, we focused on girls for two years to gather this information about them, mm-hmm. and then we created what is now known as a quality of life report for gr- black girls in the city of Columbus. Yeah. And um, that report gave us, now we have a three overall, three recommendations, three strategies. One overall recommendation, which was to create uh, a commission on black girls moving forward. I'll let Nicole talk a little bit about that. But also, it has um, 18 recommendations um, for for how to continue to move forward to support black girls in our community. Nice,
2: nice.
1: And Black Girls Soar, Nicole, I'll let her (laughs) maybe share. Uh,
2: So Black Girls Soar was, came out of the work of the commission, really during COVID. So um, during Council Member Tyson, or former Council Member Tyson, she shared about all of these, the subject matter experts who came in and presented before the commission. So we convened some of those partners who had came in to talk to the commissioners and ask them, what were black girls experiencing during COVID? And it was clear that there was um, issues that have been exacerbated because of COVID-19. So you wanna, we talk about the adoptification of black girls and uh, information was shared that black girls uh, were experiencing situations where they were the you know having to take care of their siblings mm-hmm. that they were having to take on more responsibility within the home that they were experiencing increased um, isolation and anxiety and depression. So, um, working with a group of stakeholders, then a deve- Black Girls' SOAR was developed as a campaign to uplift and encourage black girls during COVID-19. Uh, and I also say that black girls' While it was uh, a targeted effort because of COVID-19, there's, you know, opportunities to continue some of that work because it does align with the recommendations of the report in developing um, a campaign to encourage black girls. So I think, you know, it came about uh, quicker. And actually, I think we started the conversations prior to the release of the report. The report was released in July, Mm -hmm. uh, July 30th of 2020. And um, we started having those conversations previous about Black Girls Soar, previous to the release of the port, report, and we went right directly into Black Girls Soar um, in August of 2020 and having the first event, which was the back-to-school rally. So, again, it was really all about encouraging black girls and making them feel seen and heard yeah. and letting them know that this community supports them.
0: Yeah, and I know you we recently just had another of a virtual uh, I don't know if you would call it a conference or well, how would you guys kind of coin this uh, virtual? The virtual summit. Yes, so, the virtual
2: summit. Um, so, in 2020 and in 2021, there have been um, some signature events uh, in both years, and that was the back to school rally, which has been very well attended and has been a situation where it was you know a drive through, so we, uh, we um, decreased the. Um, Exposure mm-hmm. to COVID, but um, girls were able to. Their parents and caregivers could drive them through. They were able to get really nice uh, bags with not only school supplies but other kind of relaxation type of um, you know tools. I think there was a coloring book one mm-hmm. year. Um, I know that uh, you bought stickers this <laughs> year, so girls said they want to personalize their notebooks and personalize different things. So you know, also some fun things within those bags. So they were able to get the tools that they needed needed to um, start off the year or to fill in the gaps, you know, for the school supplies they may not have have had. So that was, you know, the last two years. And we've also did the um, Black Girl, I mean, I'm sorry, the Black Girl Survival Virtual Summit, and that has been the past two years as well. And that was just, a, you know, to provide a convening of Black girls in a safe space to discuss issues around, for 2020, a lot of it was around mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, this year it was definitely still encouraging and supporting black girls um, and just, again, making them understand that they have a place where they can discuss their issues, They can that people are thinking about them, that there are targeted efforts and people who want to see them be successful. Um, so yeah, it's been a great two years and I think we've learned a lot from that. And again, I think it's, it's a platform that we can build upon so that we can assess what are the needs of girls and how can we continue with the effort.
0: Nice, and I know we have two of our very own Columbus City School students here with us that were able to attend the summit. Girls, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hello,
3: my name is Bryn. And what school do you go to, Bryn?
4: Columbus Alternative High School. Okay. Um, and my name is Cecily Wan-Gemma, and I go to South High School and Fort Hayes High okay, School.
3: Okay, awesome. What what
0: year are
4: you, Cecily? I'm a senior.
0: And Bryn, what year are you?
4: I'm a sophomore.
0: Awesome. So you guys both attended the summit, correct? Yes. Talk to me about it. Talk to me about the experience. I looked at some of
4: it online. It looked fun. <laughs> well, um, for me, I do have a busy schedule. Um, I found out about the summit through my, I call her Mama Mia, but her name's mm-hmm. Mia Pruitt, and it was the Student Ambassadors Program, and she basically referred me to, to attend one of these. And um, I got to pick like what parts of the summit I wanted to go to, so I got to go to ones about um, HBCUs and explore that. Um, got to see the key speakers, there's financial help, there's mental help, there's, just it basically created a whole community yeah. for like young black girls online, and. I thought that was pretty cool. For me, I'm pretty sure I found out about it through my mom's friends. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: But my mom said that I should go, and I went. And same thing that she said, like, you get to pick what you wanted to do. So for me, I think a lot. Last year, um, not last year, 2020, Mm -hmm. I did a lot of, like, transitioning. Not transitioning, but a lot of mental health, stuff like that, because... That was what I needed. Yeah. This year, I did some of that, but I did a wider variety. But you get to like pick, cater. It caters to what you want, and it was really cool. I like that. Like I've never seen that before.
0: Yeah. How do you guys, both of you, feel from being young students and not trying to put it that? Because should not. It's not pressure of what color we are. We're 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 strong women. We're strong girls. But to be able to have a circle a community of other strong women and strong black women having your back and saying, just not afraid to talk about your stressors. Let's talk about them. Let's figure out how we can get through this together. This is a hard time for all of us, but it's especially a hard time for you all. I mean, I couldn't even imagine going through COVID, being high school students, dealing with the stressors that you guys have to deal with just on a daily basis and then putting that on top of it. How, for you all, did this kind of impact you to know that we have this community out there for you in Columbus?
4: Um, Speaking for myself, I know there's not a lot of safe spaces where I can speak freely without being looked at or judged about Mm -hmm. my opinions. And to share a place where other people also feel these things as well and agree with me and can validate my words and feelings, it just, like, it's pretty impressive and exciting to be around. Like, I don't know. I thought it was it just, it. it f- you make you feel seen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially during COVID. Yeah. Same thing that she said, like, there's not a lot of
3: places that you can express, especially in the black community alone. There's not a lot of places you can express your thoughts and stuff like that. So for me, it's
4: like, it's very welcoming. It's very Exciting and fun. Like, I like it a lot. That you get to learn from somebody who actually has experience and knowledge of things. Yeah.
0: And I commend you two, and not only just you two, but all the other girls that participate in this to be able to even express that. Because that's a lot at a young age, to be able to express your feelings, not be judged by your feelings, say how I feel and realize, oh, I didn't know my friend felt the same way too, or I didn't know that this successful person dealt with these things too. So it's really refreshing. And like I said, I want to commend you both for taking that and to... Speaking out and speaking out to, you know, how you all are feeling then and also now, is this kind of what you wanted to accomplish when Black Girls Lore was created? And when you look on the um, Commission for Black Girls here in Columbus?
1: Absolutely. Tyler, it was so important that Girls we felt like black girls needed to be heard, yeah. and that from gathering all this information from them, it was really important because um, we can sit back and think about what we, what, how we were when we were. Well, I'm certainly when I was a girl, and some of the things that um, that I thought about and think, thinking about who I was going to be, but it, and then realizing that there there wasn't any space to really have those kinds of conversations, mm-hmm. even though we had our mothers as role models to help us. It wasn't a space. And so when you begin to think about how our girls move forward, the reason that the Commission on Black Girls is because we wanted girls to feel loved. Mm-hmm. We wanted the girls to know that we see them and that, you know, when you're asking individuals for um, all this information, then there is an obligation to do something about that. And, you know, what, what we found is that... Um, That through this, through the Black Girl Soul and the Commission, that it was really about how do we make sure that they help our girls to be successful. We know that they already are leaders, but how do we bring that leadership skill out? We focused again on their mental health and wellness, tools for succeeding in school, and just beginning to continue to navigate life. Mm -hmm. We had some really amazing uh, presenters. Yes, we had national presenters, as we mentioned, Kiki Palmer. We had um, Sky. We've had, um, but we also had our local leaders, and we had the amazing T Street, and so, and we had Aaron Hathaway. And again, I I have to certainly give credit to Dr. Not only to Dr. Dixon, because I feel as though our number one partner in terms of moving our girls forward mm-hmm. happens to be the City school system. This is where the majority of our girls who were that age group will yeah. happen to be and how, imp- how important um, that is. But I want to give credit for the SOAR to definitely Stephanie Patton, because she really makes sure, this is one of her uh, goals and ideas for this commission. The other, uh, the girls told us, and this is why this is important, that they're intelligent, they're funny, they're smart, they're nice, and they're loving. And the other components of SOAR were not only, of course, we had the back to school rally, which is so important. We gave away food and lots of fun things happened to- that day but also we've had a um, not only the summit but we also had a four-part television show we also made sure that we had billboards up that showed our girls and make sure they could see that on one billboard on broad and high said that black girls are brilliant black girls are loved so wanted them to make sure they could see themselves out at east in those posters so that they could see themselves and know that they were absolutely cared about yeah
0: yeah for you, when you all saw the impact that this had on our black girls here in the city, not, I don't want to say the word shocking, but the fact that they were able to articulate like these two have here of what they were dealing with, what kind of went through for you when you kind of heard some of these stories of what they're dealing with through throughout COVID and just in general?
2: Well, I think I'm always really impressed about their ability to be vulnerable,
0: Um mm-hmm.
2: uh, to and also that they are managing a lot but still thriving. Yes. Um and if you you know, in the report itself, uh a quality life of black girls in Columbus, Ohio, that report itself, it said it talks about the quality of life of black girls is complicated because we know that there's stressors, we know that there's things that are going on with black girls, but we know that they're still thriving. We know that they're resilient and I also think it's important when we say that uh, black girls, uh, black girls, being seen, that we're not a homogenous group, and that people should be allowed to be dynamic and to be individuals, and to be seen as I'm just going, I'm meeting you today, and I want to talk about you, Cecily, or you, Bryn, and see you for who you are as an individual, not just a black girl, not Mm -hmm. the not the trauma that people you know stigmatize black girls with, not you know any other negative. Situation or stereotype, but who are you? What are you doing? You know, um, I think that is really, really important that mm-hmm. we understand that black girls are dynamic. So I'm very, very impressed uh, with the girls and their ability to be a voice for themselves, you know, yeah. let their voice be heard.
0: Yeah, So, one thing when I went back and was just doing some research and looking on throughout the years of what the Black Commission on Black Girls have done and also Black Girls SOAR also taking the opportunity to do entrepreneur things with them, highlighting them, mm-hmm. highlighting their skills within dance and poetry and everything else, and especially during that time to put them on that platform where some people may feel like, no, but I'm not, am I being seen? And Am I truly being seen? And then knowing that they have an audience to be, to be seen mm-hmm. and to continue to be creative and to express themselves. I love that. I love that portion of it where I was like, "Where, where does this product? Let me go look this up and see if they, you know, if they created a website for it so I can purchase some of these things." So I know, Bren, you also a huge accomplishment. Like you're being candid right now, girlfriend. You received
3: an award. Can you talk to me about that, or going to receive an award? So pretty sure it's called the Social Justice. I don't want to say the whole mm-hmm. name. Okay. The Social Justice Action Award. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yes. I always get the name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's that's really exciting for me. Okay. Like I'm I'm shocked, I'm not, but at the same time I am. What like, goes
0: into that? Like how did this how did this come about? How did you become the one to receive this huge honor?
3: I think a lot of it is just from me and introducing. Like for example, I introduced Priscilla R. Tyson for the flip the script Black Girls Owning the Leadership Stage. Mm-hmm. And I've also I've introduced a lot of people. Okay. Since then, I think a lot of it's just from that, and then also being in a lot of conferences. For example, the Flip the Script, and I also helped with. I've done, I've done a lot. Okay. But it's a lot of just me speaking my speaking for who I am. I did um, a diversion, why is it diversity, diversity, equity, and inclusion speech. Mm -hmm. I've I've done a lot of speaking my voice as a black girl, and that's really where that comes from.
0: Nice. Do you feel like this has helped you? I yes. this has helped you with you being able to get your voice heard and help with confidence and help with that? Yes,
3: exactly. Actually, 100 percent. Absolutely.
0: Awesome.
3: Um, it's helped a lot with me learning how to speak my voice. Yeah. Because before I would have I would have opinions, but getting them out there the mm-hmm. proper way. A lot of the time was the issue. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's helped me definitely get my voice out there.
0: Yeah, I know. The proper way. Your great story is probably one of hundreds of great stories out there for our girls that want to. They're listening, family who want to get involved. How can they get involved in this?
2: Well, current the current status of the commission, and I want to go back to yeah. what um, Priscilla said with regards to the overarching goal. Um, in the report that was released for the commission was to for the commission to find a permanent home and that has been achieved the commission at the top of this year transitioned to columbus public health the center for public health innovation and the work of the commission complements what the Center for Public Health of Innovation was created for, which is really to address racism as a public health crisis. And so, um, and specifically, of course, the commission is looking at ways to advance equity and to focus on enhancing the quality of life for black girls in Columbus. So that is really critical, is that we have now found a permanent home to continue to do the work. And this is a fresh start for the commission. So you learned about um, the background, which was there was the fact finding and the research that was performed, the surveys, the listening sessions, um, the subject matter experts, all of that work, we need to build upon that. Mm -hmm. So all of that work, is all of that research is now in a report, the Quality Life of Black Girls in Columbus, Ohio. So we need to take that report and we need to do implement those recommendations and that's what we're focused on now that we have transitioned to Columbus Public Health. But it's only been a couple of months, so we're in the planning phase and we're building up our operations and you're quite, I'm going to get to your question which is <laughs> um, if you want to get connected to the commission, how do you do that? And right now it's probably about calling me. Okay. Uh, we will have uh, up our web page for, for the City of Columbus webpage up in a Couple months, and then down the line, we'll um, have a really robust um, website, external website as well. And we have social media. I would say you can go to Fa- Commission on uh, Commission on Black Girls Facebook page. And as we as things develop, um, events. Um, other opportunities. Um, we have nine partners who have programs where they're directly serving girls. So there's a big opportunity. We want to feature them on our Facebook page as well. So I think that's going to be the best place okay. in, in a lot, probably like a month or so where you can start to receive updates. But we are really establishing our operations and in a planning phase. And there's going to be a whole lot more to come yeah. for activities with the commission.
0: Awesome. I want to thank all of you so much. For joining us today like i said i want to commend you mm-hmm. two on sharing your stories and getting your voice out there and letting your voice be heard and letting it know that it's important that your voice is Heard, and that you have a community of people that want you to express yourself and express your needs and your desires and your wants and I also want to thank you too as well for joining us it's, yeah
2: go ahead so before we leave yeah. I just want to make sure that if people do want to reach out that they can call me okay so again Nicole Harper and you can reach me at 614-645-2932 that's, again that's 614-645-2932 Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Miss Harper. Thank you so much, Miss Tyson.
0: And thank you all. And thank you to our listeners for joining in with this important conversation that we are having during Women's History Month and celebrating our black girls here in the city. We are excited for the work that is already being done and the work that will be continue to be done. So make sure that you look out for our Inside CCS podcast and wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast. And until next time, I'm Tyler Carter. Talk to you guys soon.